Donald Trump is winning the impeachment fight, and we all know it. Now, unfortunately, due to an individual's confirmation bias, I'm sure that people who don't like the president will not watch a video like this to see the actual evidence I'm going to present to prove that is the case. It's not so clear cut as to say Trump's approval rating is up amid impeachment, which it is, or that opposition to impeachment has jumped 10 points among independents. That's all true. But we can see from BuzzFeed, they're claiming that Republicans are in an alternate reality, and so does CNN. But the fact of the matter is, the data shows, in all circumstances, it seems, for one, Trump is winning. Independents are now opposed to impeachment. Majority of people, according to a Politico Morning Consult poll, think the Democrats are mishandling this. But more importantly, as of this morning, they're having Dr. Fiona Hill testify, and she is providing factually incorrect information, which is easily debunked. And I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove this to all of you. The Democrats so far have offered up conjecture, no real hard evidence. Now, I'm not here to say Trump is innocent. That's not proven either. But you have to prove someone did something wrong. I don't have to prove they didn't. You need evidence that Trump committed a wrongdoing. And so far, Democrats have done nothing to tie any of this investigation or quid pro quo into the idea that Trump needs to defeat Joe Biden and was seeking aid to do so. They've not asked a single question. Has Donald Trump ever said he was scared of losing to Joe Biden? Has Donald Trump ever expressed that he needed dirt on Joe Biden? Nothing like that, because it's not about Biden. And they're not winning. They are losing. Let me show you. First, I want to start with how the media is, is falsely framing this and that may misinform you. And then I want to talk about how the other partisan media that are so desperate for a win, they will outright lie to you and ignore the facts. Check out the front page of the New York Times this morning. We followed the president's orders. That's what they're saying. Gordon Sondland said that. But the context of what was said in the hearing is extremely important and omitted based on that attention-grabbing headline. Now, a lot of people are going to see that headline and say, wow, the president's orders, you say. Well, below the fold, President Trump never told me directly. The aide was my own personal, you know, guess. That's the best thing they've gotten so far. Now, you may be saying, but Tim, I've heard all the testimony. Listen, I understand you may personally believe Trump did wrong. But there's a big difference between providing proof beyond a reasonable doubt and having someone's opinion. Now, I get it. It's a political battle. But this is what The New York Times is doing. This is a problem of false framing and out of context snippets to grab your attention. It's not as bad as the fake news. But BuzzFeed and CNN are pushing overt fake news. So let's get started. And I want to start with Donald Trump's approval rating going up. Let me just stress I'm not saying Trump is innocent or guilty. I'm telling you that if you are someone who opposes the president, you are losing this fight and you need to pay attention. I'm going to show you if you want to turn things around. And if you're someone who supports the president, congratulations. All signs point to average people, independents and uninitiated individuals are more likely to believe you. And Republican talking points are working. Before we read about Trump's approval rating, however, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you would like to support my work. There's multiple ways you can give. The best thing you can do, though, is share this video. Again, I understand that based on confirmation bias, many of these leftists and anti-Trump people won't even bother watching this. They'll look at the title and say, that's not true. He's lying. Well, I'm, I'm telling you this, that BuzzFeed is saying Republicans are winning theirs. CNN and BuzzFeed are claiming 
okay, that there's an alternate reality Republicans are in. But if the majority of independents, or I'm sorry, yeah, not, not the majority, if opposition to this by independents is jumping 10 points, then you are the one in the minority who is not in the collective mentality of what's really going on. BuzzFeed admits Republicans are winning their fight with top trending stories on Facebook. I'm not making this up. Even the media thinks Trump is winning the fight. And they're saying, well, it's because Republicans don't like facts. I don't care what you think the reason is. It's, it's true. Trump is winning this and we all know it. Check this out. The Hill reports, President Trump's approval rating ticked back up amid the public impeachment battle a poll released Wednesday found. A Gallup poll found 43% of respondents, uh, respondents supported Trump's performance, two points more than the end of October poll. The disapproval rating of the president dropped to 54% from 57 in the previous poll. The approval rating matches the number Gallup recorded in mid-September before the news broke of the whistleblower complaint that ended up sparking the House's impeachment inquiry into the president. The numbers show the stability of the president's approval as the impeachment inquiry unfolded. That's right. When the story broke that there was a whistleblower complaint against Trump that he may have done wrong, his approval rating took a hit. And upon them bringing up, as soon as they bring up these witnesses and show you what's really going on, people immediately go, oh, And then all of a sudden, Trump's approval rating recovers. Now, we're not done. There's going to be more witnesses. Fiona Hill, for instance, is providing more bombshell testimony, which I will now debunk for you. But as we can see, we are in the midst of the impeachment inquiry. Trump's approval rating is up. Now, for those for those of you that hate the president or just really dislike him or think he should be impeached, you're probably saying what Brian Stelter of CNN is saying, that Republicans just refuse to believe the facts. That's that's, that's just not true. Okay. You, you, you can listen to the biased press. Fox News will tell you one thing. You know, MSNBC and CNN will tell you another. And the fact of the matter is the Republicans are telling us that Donald Trump was fighting corruption. Well, we don't have a lot of proof of that, but that is at least the narrative being proposed by proponents of the president. The fact of the matter is whether Trump was or wasn't weeding out corruption is not the point. The point is Democrats have not provided any proof that Trump was digging up dirt on Joe Biden. That is not even a part of any of these hearings. And as such, the American people are, are they're, they're lo- the, uh, the impeachment process is losing the support of general Americans. So if you find yourself as one of these anti-Trump impeachment individuals, you're on the losing side so far. You are not doing anything to convince anyone that Trump has done wrong. In fact, just the opposite. They say the poll was conducted from November 1st to the 14th before most of the public hearings took place except for the public testimonies of diplomats William Taylor and George Kent. Despite this, 69% of respondents said they had made up their minds on whether the president should be removed from office or not. A total of 48% approved impeachment, 50% opposed it. Now, I must stress, the 50% opposition is an increase. A couple weeks ago, I, did a, I, I did, had a discussion with Sam Cedar, and it was 52% in support of impeachment and remo- re- removal. It has dropped. This is all just fake news. Don't take my word for it. Here's another poll. And let me show you the aggregate from Real Clear Politics. Now, it hasn't completely recovered from its peak of 45.3, but it's back up to 44.3. Look at this drop. It has recovered. No one is buying the fake news. Check this out. Washington Post, like the media shell is starting to crack. The Democrats bombshells aren't exploding. I'm sorry. They keep saying it over and over again. You got to understand they've been saying bombshell for years. There's a viral video where they're saying things like the beginning of the end, the walls are closing in, bombshell, bombshell, bombshell. Now they're saying game over, game over. No, I'm sorry, you are wrong. But of course, 
They are desperately trying to cling onto this narrative. And so here's what's really mind blowing to me. You're going to love this. For one, this is, a, this is BuzzFeed news. Ryan Broderick of BuzzFeed claimed that because too many people tweeted in support of the president, a specific meme, it must have been bots. He couldn't imagine the president had that much support. Why? He's in the small bubble. People were tweeting that they hired Donald Trump to fire people like Murray Ivanovich. 7,300 or so tweets very, very quickly. And so this reporter said it must be bot activity. And he published the story questioning whether or not these were real Trump supporters. Turns out they were. Twitter said upon investigating, they found no bot activity. But this reporter was, he couldn't believe it. In his mind, it must be Russian bots. It must be, or, or bot activity. He didn't say Russians. But sure enough, he was wrong. His assumptions were wrong. Why would he run the story in the first place? Well, now here you go. Here's another story where he's shocked that the top stories on Reddit having to do with impeachment are negative in support of the Republicans, for the most part, praising Elise Stefanik. Why, why heavens, how could that be? Perhaps it's a network of bots, Kremlin individuals working straight out of Russia to sow the seeds of discord in the United States. Or perhaps most people do not agree with you, think you are wrong, and you are lying to protect them. Or you're just delusional. I'm sorry. Look at this. When you are faced with the overwhelming evidence that on Facebook, the majority of stories being shared disagree with your impeachment, perhaps the answer is, wow, maybe the American people don't like impeachment. I'll tell you what, if the majority of independents now oppose it, and of course, almost all Republicans oppose it, that makes the majority of the country and you are in the minority. Now it's true, according to the Politico Morning Council poll, I believe just a little bit more than half I'm not, not, not half. Um, it's two percentage points more do want Trump to be impeached. So take that for what it is. I'm not saying Trump is like invincible and, and is this champion on a white stallion. I'm just saying for the most part, people are tired of this. and They don't believe you. But let's see what CNN has to say. I love this stuff. Reliable sources with Brian Stelter. This is from Oliver Darcy. And they're showing the front pages. Diplomatic knowledge is quid pro quo. We followed the president's order. Let me clarify something for you. I know it's really hard to get through that that media uh, screen that convinces you that Sondland had bombshell testimony. But Sondland also testified. Donald Trump told me, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he campaigned on. I believe I may have mixed up the back of that, but that's the paraphrasing of it. The general thing that Trump said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. He said it. Sondland testified that Trump said that. Now, the argument from the left is that, well, perhaps Trump was just, you know, we knew what he really wanted. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay. You want to argue a wink, wink, nudge, nudge in court. You're probably not going to win. You need to prove to the average person in this country that Trump did it. But if Sondland is testifying, I presumed it was a quid pro quo, but Trump told me it wasn't. Why would I take his word for it? It's not enough. I get it. Impeachment is not criminal proceedings. It is just whether or not someone wants to win politically. But in the end, check this out. The only question now is, will the GOP care? Speaking on CNN, Jeffrey Tubin said, I think you can divide the Trump presidency into two periods before November 20th, 2019 and after. Because now we know, I mean, now we know that every fantasy about how corrupt this administration was is actually true. That this was a corrupt enterprise from the very beginning. After years, after years of Russia being proven false, now they're still saying it. 
There is no evidence. I'm sorry. You can't take one person who presumed a quid pro quo, but also testified Trump said there wasn't, and then place it against the other officials who said, I either have no evidence, it was my opinion, or in the case of Volcker and Morrison, that's not true. There was no quid pro quo. All we can say is that it is disputed and not proven. Tubin distilled things down to one remaining question. Now, the only question is, does anyone care? Do the Republicans care? Does it matter to them that this corrupt enterprise is now proved clearly? Because it's not. And you know what's crazy to me is that CNN is pushing this narrative that they've proven it. Well, when you look at the polls, the average American disagrees with you. Trump's approval is going up. Support for impeachment is going down. Yet they are trapped in this mirror universe where they seem to think that after all of the testimony we've heard so far, nothing being proven, one person giving their opinion is now a bombshell. Well, even the Washington Post is forced to admit they are not exploding. I'm sorry your bombshells are duds. But guess what? They say that basically, you know, Republicans don't care. They say Republicans have made clear that their devotion to Trump is irrational. And like other religious faiths, not subject to rational refutation. Sorry to tell you all, I have never been a fan of Donald Trump. Nope. But do I care about him? Very little. Very little. When Trump won, I laughed. I didn't vote for him, didn't want to vote for him, and will not vote for him. I just don't really like the guy that much. I think he's got a bad attitude, but that's okay. Okay, we're in a country, and I think my chance for change is to vote in 2020. But the Democrats are too obsessed with how bad Trump is, and I honestly don't care. I don't care. You've proven nothing to me. So yes, I have a dedication to the facts, and because of that, I am now going to refute Fiona Hill's testimony because she is lying. Or at the, I'm sorry, that's, that's a bit too much. She is just wrong. She is wrong. She is wrong, period. No matter how you spin it, what Fiona Hill testified this morning about Ukraine either proves that Ukraine didn't interfere in 2016, but is trying to now, or they did interfere in 2016, and they are still trying to. There is no two ways about it. Fiona Hill's testimony proves without a doubt that Ukraine is meddling, even though she's trying to refute it. And let me show you. White House former top Russian aide savages Donald Trump's defenders in impeachment testimony, saying their claim Ukraine interfered in 2016 election is a Vladimir Putin lie designed to destroy the faith of American people in our democracy. Heavens, she said it was false. It was a conspiracy. It didn't happen. Let me show you some things to now. Well, I'm sorry, Fiona Hill. What you've just said has only proven that Ukraine is meddling, if what you're saying is true. First, here's a story from the New York Times in 2018, uh, December. Ukraine court rules Manafort disclosure caused meddling in the U.S. election. Uh-oh, it's the New York Times pushing conspiracy theories? A court in Ukraine has ruled that officials in the country violated the law by revealing during the 2016 presidential election in the United States details of suspected illegal payments by Paul Manafort. And this was all through Ukrainian embassy, and it went through Alexander Chalupa, and the allegations against Ukraine were upheld by Ukrainian court and reported by the New York Times. But let's stop right now. Let's say Ukraine is trustworthy. Ukraine officials, let's say this is, is wrong. I'm sorry. Fiona Hill has proven you wrong, New York Times. Let's just run with that, okay? Let's operate now from the premise that Ukraine is trustworthy. What they're saying is true. They did not meddle. Okay, let's ignore all this and say Ukraine is our friend. They're not trying to subvert our elections. They are honest actors who love us. Okay, 
I bring you now to Interfax Ukraine, who's reporting that Biden partners received $16.5 million in payments stolen from Ukrainian taxpayers. And Ukrainian parliament, uh, parliamentary member Andriy Derkach has said that Vice President Joe, uh, some $16.5 million received by Hunter Biden, the son of Joe Biden, uh, as payment from Burisma was stolen from Ukrainian citizens. Member of Parliament Andrei Derkach said the story from November 20th, just yesterday. Interfax, Ukraine reporting. This is confirmed now. This is, this is the opinion of the MP. But the story of the expanding probe into Burisma is now confirmed by Reuters. Ukraine widens probe against Burisma founder to embezzlement of state funds. Full stop. Hunter Biden received money. He is accused by a member of parliament in Ukraine of taking that money, siphoning it from, from Ukrainian taxpayers. Uh-oh, Reuters is now confirming that Ukraine is in fact probing Burisma's founder for, for embezzling state funds. Does that mean that the founder who was paying Hunter Biden was stealing state money to give to Hunter Biden? Uh-oh, looks like we need an investigation. So let me throw it back to Fiona Hill, who testified the Ukraine stuff is a conspiracy theory and it's not true. Which narrative am I supposed to believe? that the Ukrainians were not meddling or that they were. Because if you believe they weren't meddling, then we must trust what they're saying now. If you believe that in 2016, all, that sto- all those stories were fake news, are you now claiming that the latest from Reuters is also fake news? Are you claiming the Ukrainian MP, Andrei Durkach, is lying when he calls for an investigation and he's demanding that Zelensky and get, get Trump on the phone immediately to investigate why Hunter Biden received this money. Let me stress this for you again. The polls show that support for Trump is up. Opposition to the impeachment inquiry is up. Support for impeachment is down. And if Fiona Hill is to be taken at face value, that means we must trust the Ukrainian MPs who are our allies and who are telling us right now that Hunter Biden stole money or at least received stolen money from Ukrainian taxpayers. And the story is now confirmed by Reuters. Or, or, hold on. Hold on. Let's say Fiona Hill is wrong and the Ukrainians really are meddling in our election. Well, then we can take a look at the story and say, right, I don't trust MP Andriy Durkach because we know that Ukraine was trying to interfere in our elections. So which is it? Are they interfering now or were they or or are they trustworthy and Hunter Biden is guilty of something or should at the very least be investigated? Pick one. Because if she wants to testify, it's all a conspiracy theory, not true. The first thing we have to do is throw out the New York Times, Politico, The Hill. I'm sorry. The Democrats and the left and their allies in media live in a paranoid reality where they think Republicans are irrational. But the New York Times reported this story. I'm, I'm sorry. Politico reported there was interference. The New York Times reported that Ukrainian court confirmed it. The Hill reported that people at the embassy confirmed the interference. And I'm supposed to throw that all away because the Democrats are losing the impeachment inquiry. Sorry, that's not how things work. But I'll tell you what else. You know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to pull up the story because I think we've gotten it. But Hunter Biden is now uh, is being alleged or is being reported, confirmed by the Daily Mail that he is the the father of a, uh, a child born in Ukraine and is denying it and the scandals keep piling up. So let me let me let me just let me let me let me wrap this up for you. Just because Trump's approval is up, just because support for impeachment is down, it doesn't mean Trump is innocent. And that's okay. I know the Trump supporters will tell you all day and night Trump is innocent and he is fighting the deep state. Not everybody believes that, but some do. 
I'm not here to say, say any of that. I don't know about any of that. What I can tell you is I've been listening nonstop to all of this testimony, to all of this news. It's what I do every single day. And trust me when I say there is a reason why people's support for the president is, is going up. There's a reason why opposition to impeachment is going up. It's because those of us who have paid attention to all of this know full well the Democrats have proven nothing. They have proven nothing and in fact only made themselves look worse. And the one bombshell to come out of the impeachment increase so far is that Hunter Biden in, his all, in all likelihood, crooked, should not have been working at that company. And so far, everyone has testified that there is a potential appearance of a conflict of interest. And let me break that down. I take issue with that, right? Elise Stefanik has said several times the potential appearance of a conflict of interest, because the appearance of a conflict of interest would be an opinion. The potential for one is very, is stretching it quite a bit. I don't think we need that. I think the fact of the matter is the New York Times reported in 2015 Hunter Biden taking a job at Burisma undermined U.S. efforts to weed out corruption, period. Even though we've heard from the witnesses, you can take that for what it is. At the end of the day, if you are someone who does not like the president or someone who does, the fact of the matter is Democrats are losing. Support for the president is going up. They've proven nothing. That's it. That's where we are. This may change. Sondland's testimony may move the needle a little bit. But I want to stress the first point for you. President never told me directly. The aide was my own personal, you know, guess. In fact, Sondland testified. More importantly, Trump said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he campaigned on. Yet because of Sondland's personal opinion that those were orders that the president never directly gave him, that's the front page of the New York Times. The media is either falsely framing this because they know it'll sell, and their allies like BuzzFeed, who have been wrong over and over again, the ones who published the fake Steele dossier, which sparked Russiagate, or at least helped spark Russiagate, and CNN, they're wrong. And it's, and it's kind of sad, I got to say, to see CNN sitting there in the corner of the room in a straitjacket, freaking out with their hair all crazy, saying, it's, it's Russia. You don't believe the facts. You don't believe the facts. Ah. And then when you look at what Americans really believe, and they believe for the most part, Trump might be a, a doof, you know, he might have made an inappropriate phone call and he should have just relied on actual investigators to weed out the corruption, but Trump couldn't do it. Trump loves tweeting. Trump needs everyone to know it's him. He's got the plan and he knows he's smarter. I believe Trump's arrogance has caused him a lot of problems, but I'm sorry. Arrogance is not an impeachable offense. Ignorance is not an impeachable offense. If you believe Trump just believes conspiracy theories and that led to all this, absolutely fine. I will say, okay, thank you. That's fine. The stories may not be true. You cannot impeach someone for being incorrect. If Trump believed there was corruption, well, there you go. I will give one, one point to the Democrats that is very important. The, the one most important factor here is that it may not be, uh, uh, so far Democrats have testified under a, a law passed in the 70s, Trump does not have the legal authority to hold aid in the first place. Assuming that's true, it's the only real point they've made so far. But if that's the case, I ask you, why is Adam Schiff obsessed with Joe Biden, but has not asked a single question about Trump's mental state pertaining to Biden? I will wrap it up with this final point. Sorry for going a little bit longer. The Democrats have asked nothing 
about Biden. No, sure. They've said things like who would benefit from this? Who would benefit from this? Well, why would you want me to speculate? You know, when, when, when Sondland would ask who would primarily benefit from investigation into Burisma, he goes, Biden. You know what I would have said? Uh, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders has the most to gain because Joe Biden is standing in his way of being the front runner or Elizabeth Warren. Well, well, what about Trump? Oh, why would Trump benefit? Trump's not running in the Democratic primary. If Joe Biden loses the primary, Trump doesn't got to worry about anything. Their points make no sense. And they have asked nothing about Trump's s- mental state pertaining to Biden. Is it possible that Trump was in his room sweating profusely saying, Biden's going to beat me. What do I do? Somebody get Ukraine on the phone. They haven't even asked. They haven't even asked if Trump brought up Biden. They haven't even asked. Has Trump talked? They haven't even asked. Has Trump talked about 2020? They didn't even ask that because they don't care and they're losing and we know it. And I feel bad for all those people who are trapped by this maelstrom of fake news that just wants your eyes to sell ads. I'll leave it there. I hate talking about impeachment. I, it's, it's just such a, absurd nonsense. I'll see you all at 6 p.m. YouTube.com slash Timcast News. Hopefully for, for some more fun and interesting stories. But I'll tell you what, man, I got to be honest. Every single news outlet is dominated by this. And so for, t- for better or for worse, this will be a historical moment. I don't know how it'll turn out. For now, it seems Trump is winning. I'll see you all next time. Joe Biden is in bad shape. He's lost it. And if you guys watched the Democratic debate last night, I think you would agree because so does Jenk Uger of the Young Turks. And I highlight him because he's a progressive. He really, really hates Trump. We are, we are not very much politically aligned. I think we agree on some things, but, you know, disagree on a lot. But I think we can all agree that Joe Biden has completely lost it. He was full of gaffes. He struggled to speak. And as Esquire puts it, Joe Biden's foot-in-mouth disease was working overtime at the Atlanta Democratic debate. Cory Booker hit him with a snappy line, but the former vice president did not handle things well. They're lying when they claim that Joe Biden is the front runner. They're lying when they claim that he's the one who can beat Trump. They're lying when they claim Trump is scared of Biden and needed to dig up dirt. This is an example of why impeachment is a sham. Let me, let me, let me, let me do this. I'm so sick of the impeachment thing. So, so I don't even know if we'll, uh, how, how much longer I'll be talking about it. But you think Donald Trump, the arrogant, narcissistic Donald Trump, who, who mocks journalists getting you know, body slammed, who says lock her up, who says whatever he wants, is worried about a guy who can't talk straight? Sorry, dude. I don't believe it. I don't. And the Democrats have not once, at least as far as I've seen, asked any of the witnesses so far in the impeachment hearing, did Trump ever express fear he would lose to Biden? Did Trump ever say he needed an edge to beat Biden? They're not asking any of that because it's fake. It is fake. It is fake. Trump is not worried about the gaff man. Trump's going to be like, I think we should do this. And Biden's teeth are going to fall out. And I'm not trying to be mean, but it's happened. Check out the story. I got, I got a bunch of stories. Actually, let's do this. Let's, let's jump to the blaze. Joe Biden issued a colossal gaffe during the Democratic debate, and everyone in the audience burst out laughing. So here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm just going to do a shorter segment this morning because we're wrapping up the Democratic debates. It was mind-numbing. It was boring. I'll give a shout-out to Cory Booker, who, who thankfully, at least one of the Democrats said, we can't just keep talking about taxing rich people. We need to talk about you know, helping people become entrepreneurs and creating that wealth. And I'm like, thank you. Okay, I'm not a big fan of Booker, but at least somebody said it. Joe Biden's colossal gaffe, leaving everyone laughing. The dude thinks it's 20 or 30 years ago. Check this out. Democratic candidate Joe Biden issued a colossal mistake 
during the Democratic debate Wednesday, and he was immediately ridiculed on social media and on the debate stage. The brutal misstep happened when Senator Cory Booker was challenging the former vice president on his support in the black community. He said, I have more people supporting me in the black community that have announced for me because they know me. They know who I am, said Biden. Three former chairs of the Black Caucus, the only African-American woman to ever be elected to the United States Senate, a whole range of people. But not only was Biden wrong about there only being one black female senator, but he was completely ignoring that Senator Kamala Harris, the second black female elected to the Senate, was standing on the debate stage next to him. The dude is not all there. His brain stopped 20 or 30 years ago. That's not true, laughed Booker. Nope, that's not true, laughed Harris. The other one is here. The audience burst out uh, in in laughter at Biden's brazen gaffe. He was also brutally mocked online by both left and right for the mistake. It wasn't just that. Biden is not the front runner. I get it. The polls are saying he is. But no one who's paying attention to politics thinks Biden stands a chance for anything. Well, I'm sorry, I, I take that back. It's possible the average Democrat voter who says they would vote for him in the polls aren't paying attention. So they're just like, I guess I'll vote for Biden. But come on, man, if that's the best the Democrats have to offer, I'm sorry, you're not getting my support. And I'll say this too, man, the more impeachment drags on, the more angry I get with all Democrats. And that includes Tulsi. I am so, you know, when when she first announced she was not going to support impeachment, I was like, thank you. Let's talk about issues and figure out how to defeat the Republicans, right? This is what we want to do. In, in, in the sportsman-like world of what, we, what politics should be is I'm going to defeat you. I disagree with your ideas. The game is afoot. Instead, what do we get? Screeching nonstop and the accusations that Trump is terrified of Biden. Oh, please, dude. Left and right think Biden has lost his mind. You think Trump's worried about it? Trump at a rally was like, I easily beat Hillary Clinton, who is the ba- basically the top person on the Democrat side, not so much anymore, but was. And he was like, and, you, and they think I'm worried about Biden. He's like, I know what I do. I'll call Ukraine. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And even the Sondland testimony yesterday, which they're calling a bombshell, it's not. They're losing. So, in, and, and CNN, I'm just so sick of it, dude. We can see plain as day that Biden is not all there. And Biden cannot go up against Donald Trump. So I'll tell you what. Let's, let's, let's go, through this, let's, let's go through, this, through this debate stage and talk about who can actually go up against Donald Trump. Because I'll tell you, it's probably none of them. I'll tell you the first, let's, let's start with Booker, because I gave him a compliment. Booker acts too much like things aren't serious. He's laughing and he's too like, whoa, whoa. No, you got to be a little bit more serious, but I respect what he's trying to do. Tulsi Gabbard, who I like, I think is a bit too stiff and not quick. She's, she's, she's pigeonholing herself into one issue, regime change war which for me is one of the biggest, because I'll tell you this, here's what you need to say. Here's what you tell the American people. You want to stop these wars overseas? Here's my question for you, Elizabeth Warren. You have proposed a wealth tax on billionaires. You have called them lazy, freeloading billionaires. There are very few of them relative to the rest of the country, but I can, I can respect the idea that some of these people may have used I don't know, exploitative means or avoid, avoid paying taxes, use loopholes. We have the Panama Papers. I can respect that you're concerned about this, but let me ask you, why is the first thing you're proposing the billionaires? I mean, you're, you're rich. I'll tell you what we need to do. The first thing we need to do when we're going to budget for how we pay for health care, for, for, for you know, solving the problems that we face in this country with homelessness, the first thing we do is take a look at how much money we waste blowing up kids in foreign countries. 
You can talk to Obama all about it. 2,500 extrajudicial assassinations. Don't take my word for it. Look it up. So you want to talk about a waste of money? You want to talk about taxing people? Full stop. How about we reassess how much money we're wasting on, on providing weapons to foreign countries and sending our soldiers overseas to change a regime because we want better prices on gas for our allies? How about we focus on what the American people need before we go and, and start proxy wars in foreign countries? You want to talk about finding funding for healthcare? Well, I got bad news. We're not actually spending that much on foreign war relative to how much you would need for healthcare. The first thing you need to do is stop wasting your money and focus on the infrastructure in this country. Oh, heavens, is Donald Trump saying America first over and over again? You can't say that because that would put you in league with the evil nationalists. Ooh, you don't got to be an overt nationalist to say maybe we should prioritize our foreign expenditures a little bit back towards nation building in our own country. We can be internationalists. We can do all that stuff, but we still have to recognize why are we building nations in Afghanistan when we can't even do it in Detroit? That is the best argument, in my opinion. So I think it would be great if Tulsi could get past just saying, you know, we're wasting money on wars. Elaborate. You've got to talk more about health care. You've got to talk more about energy. And you've got, to, you've got to have more than just regime change war. Now, I'll admit, I, the, the, one of the big reasons I, I like Tulsi is because I think that is like the first step you have to do. We have to reassess where we're spending money. And one of the biggest sinkholes is blowing up kids in foreign countries. I know I'm, exa- I'm being hyperbolic on purpose. It's not all about that. We do some great things overseas. There is a lot of money we spend on, on, on in foreign aid projects that I understand. I understand why Trump wanted to give javelins to Ukraine. I get it. I get it. I'm just saying, I always, I always say this to, to a lot of the far left people I know, before you talk about taxing the rich, let's talk about reevaluating where our tax money is going. As I explain it, I believe in government programs and social programs, but we have to make sure we cull the fat and cut out the bloat. Now we got uh, Pete Buttigieg, too generic. Like, I think, I think he's got what it takes to be president 40 years ago. But today you're going up against a man who can, who's got quick wit. You know, one of the funniest things Trump did during the debates with Hillary is that while she's talking, Trump's going wrong. No, wrong. It was funny. Trump is an entertainer. He knows how to make you laugh. And he's inspired the confidence of a lot of people in this country. Not necessarily enough, but enough to win, right? I think, you know, Obama had overwhelming support. So then you've got, who else do we have? Uh, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang has done a tremendous job of being funny and having great ideas. But I think he needs to, he's not strong enough to go, go up against Trump in terms of, actually, I think Andrew Yang has got the attitude to compete with Trump. But I, I, I do think that he just comes up short. You got to understand, Kamala, uh, Kamala Harris will get, will get roasted by Trump, like hard. She is not fast enough. And she, is a, she comes off as a stodgy, like desperate cool mom. No, 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 not going to happen. Elizabeth Warren? Oh my, she's the worst. She will do the worst against Donald Trump. I don't think you have someone who can beat Donald Trump on the debate stage. And it's certainly not Joe Biden. Let's wrap it back up to the point I was making, because that was, that was another gaffe. It's, it, there's more. Check this out. Esquire calls it his foot and mouth disease. Here's a tweet. It says, Joe Biden says it's okay to hit a woman in self-defense and then closes by saying we need to punch the culture that encourages punching women. And everyone starts laughing at him. Cory Booker insinuates that Joe Biden was high for saying that marijuana was a gateway drug. They say this. It does seem that, that Biden has supported decriminalizing marijuana for some time, but that's really taking a backseat at this point. Quote, I come out of that Obama coalition, he said. I come out of the black community in terms of my support. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. 
Joe Biden was struggling to speak. It's not just about these gaffes. It's not just about him saying things that make no sense. It's about that in his first opening statement, he was falling asleep. I'm not exaggerating. The guy's on stage. His eyes are, you know, like, you know, glazing over and support for the uh, what we're going to do is that was an exaggeration. But it was really like he really struggled to get an idea out. So what do we have? We just watched the Democratic debates. And I'll tell you one thing. I think I'm, I'm extremely excited for uh, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. I don't think Booker will ever have what it takes to be the president. I'm sorry, Booker. I do. I, I, I do kind of like the guy. I, I don't think he's all bad. I've seen I've seen some of these candid moments where somebody was filming on a cell phone of like him talking to a constituent and he was tough. They, they, they were demanding him like make a point. He was like, no, 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 no. Stop. He's like, I, I understand what you're trying to do. I believe X, Y, and Z, you know, and it was great. It was great. I was like, I can respect that. And it was crazy to me that in, in this candid moment that was just like some random person filming at an event, he seemed more real than he's ever, ever seemed. When he goes up on stage, it sounds like he's reading a script and he's reading and, and it sounds like he's trying not to sound like he's reading a script. It doesn't work. So, I, you know, I look to the people on the stage. I think Pete Buttigieg will have a great career going forward, which will not be the president. I think he's very charismatic um, and I think he's quick witted. And he's a great speaker, but he's not what, what's going to win today. Things are very different. You know, Elizabeth Warren is Hillary Clinton wearing a Bernie Sanders mask. That's the way it's been, been described to me. And I think it's funny. It's not that she, she, you know, I'm not saying she doesn't have support Bernie at all. No, I'm saying like she's, she's an establishment crony who's saying the things that Bernie would say. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Bernie, I mean, it's, it's time to retire for Bernie, Biden, and Warren, all of them. You know, they're, 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 they, they, they've all passed the 70 mark, right? So Andrew Yang, I think, is exciting. Um, I don't see him as ever being president. We'll see what happens. You never know. But there's a few, I would say that, um, you know, outside of my frustrations over impeachment, Andrew Yang's basically the only one who uh, isn't technically supporting it because he's not a politician. But they all do. They all do. And, I, and I, I've, I've, I'm just, I'm completely frustrated. And I, I got to be honest, I'm getting angrier every day that this, 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 this keeps going on. I'll tell you what, here's what I tweeted. I, I did not vote for Trump. I laughed when he won because this is what they deserve. They deserve to lose. I'm not going to vote for Trump. I mean, it, it, look, I'm not saying I would never, I, I, I'm not somebody who votes for the lesser of two evils, but it, Trump can change. You know, you know it, we'll see how he campaigns, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of his style. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think there's a bit too uh, off the cuff, kind of you know aim, uh, sh- shoot aim. Uh, what was it? What is it? Ready, ready, uh, ready, fire aim or whatever. I think Trump has made so many mistakes in terms of just doing things without planning them out. So I, 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 I look in, in the end, I, we can talk about a great economy. Trump can get credit for a lot of things, but for me, it's not. He's not my guy, and I'm not. I'm not deranged by it. It's just simply it's like oh, you know, rather vote, rather vote for somebody else. So what, what, what do the Democrats have to offer me? What have they tried to do to convince me, a, a moderate individual, an independent voter? I've been called independent by like every single news outlet. What have, they, what have they done to convince me? Nothing. You know why? I'm not the lowest common denominator. So they don't care about me and they don't care about principle. They don't care about talking about what actually needs to be done to make this country better. And you know what the problem is? Trump does talk about what he wants to do to make the country better. And he says things that often people don't like, like the left. You know, when he says in his, in his first campaign, I'm calling for a complete and total ban on Muslims entering the country or whatever the quote was. 
He's talked in ways that have been offensive to people. And admittedly, I think the worst problem for him is the media knows he's, you know, they're, they're milking it for all it's worth. So they definitely make Trump seem a lot worse than he really is. Like, 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 like I say, I always defer to Flecka's talks. Great channel, by the way. He's not that bad. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you can not like him and that's fine. But come on, seriously, like what they're insinuating in the press, and the impeachment is so insane. So here I find myself as someone who tries to be principled and consistent. And I, I, you know, I try to admit when I'm wrong. If my opinion changes due to new information or something, you know, I, I have conversations with people on the left. I try as hard as possible to frequently have people who are more left talk to me about their ideas. And I actually, for them, I think I've done more left-wing conversations and debates than I've done with anybody on the right, because I really, really want to make sure that we can have that conversation. Instead, what ends up, ends up happening is the media is selling you garbage. The media is claiming that Trump is doing all of these evil things. They're out of context, clickbait, rage bait garbage. And so I turn to the Democrats and say, what can you propose to me that will make the country better? And they say, the orange man is bad. And I say, got it. Okay. Okay. I don't disagree. All right. Now, what do you have in mind for me? And they say, listen, what you got to understand about what we're doing in this country to fight for a better future is that the orange man is bad. And I go, you told me that the first time. You never provided any hard evidence. You just keep whacking me in the face, screeching orange man bad. So I'll tell you what, I get it. I'm not the lowest common denominator. Moderates, centrists, whether you're center left or center right, we are not the target demographic for these groups because what they're trying to do is short the biggest voter block possible to win. Well, that doesn't win me over. All it does is make me angry. And so I will, I will end by saying, you know, I've been thinking about it um, as I look to the future. I actually do have, I think there's a, there's a lot of, uh, I have a lot of positive predictions about Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang. Um, a lot of them I think will do really, really well, but I think Tulsi is going to shine a lot in four or eight years. We'll see what happens. But I must a- admit, I will be the first to say it. As somebody who has supported Tulsi, I am extremely, increasingly angry over her support for impeachment. And I'll tell you exactly why. When it first came out, she said no. And I agree, okay? I believe in more progressive policies. I'm pro-choice, okay? I, I, I believe a progressive tax makes sense. I absolutely think we need to figure out how to solve these tax loopholes and hold the billionaires to task and all of that good stuff. But I think Warren and, 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 and Bernie are pandering. They're finding scapegoats. No, I'll tell you about tax, progressive taxes, about pro-choice because of principled decisions, and I'll explain to you why I feel the way I do and try to work with you on a compromise so we can live together. Warren and Bernie, in my opinion, are just saying whatever they think you need to hear. These lazy billionaires. Oh, come on, dude. Nobody, billionaires lazy, please. Okay, these people, CEOs work, what is it like, 30-something percent more than the average person? They work 80-hour weeks. I don't believe that they're lazy. I do believe that, that we need to solve for loopholes so that people don't start exploiting the system and selling snake oil. But I believe based on principle. And I see these people and they're pandering. In the end, they're offering me nothing. And it's just, you know, so, so, so I'll, I'll finish that point. You want to impeach Trump. Okay, I don't see it. And I think the Democrats are just saying whatever they think they, they, they need to say to get those votes. At first, Tulsi said, nah, none of that. And I said, spot on. Thank you. You know, you don't have to like the guy, but you can literally say, this is not what we should be doing right now. And then she flipped. And then I was like, "Ugh, why are you doing this? She could have been like, I mean, we can even talk about it in terms of political strategy, being the only Democrat on that stage saying no. 
And they would have turned around and say, you're opposing impeachment? Absolutely. Because you know what? We're a year out from an election. What Trump did is conjecture an opinion. And I get it. You can watch MSNBC and CNN and they'll tell you the world. But you got to understand it is destroying the fabric of our country. It is tearing everyone apart. We do not have an instance where there is a smoking gun that proves Trump did this, that or that. And I understand you want an investigation. But the way I see it is let's go for this, this, this election. Let's let the people know if you have issues with what Trump is being accused of, you can take it to the voter booth. Instead, what we have is a waste of time where the TV is inundated with nonstop talk about the president and we need to solve problems. The president is a problem that can be solved by the American people when they vote. And if they don't think he rises to the level of removal and they vote for him, then so be it. But the job of politicians should be going and solving policy position, decisions, not complaining about the guy who beat them. Instead, she supported it. She did talk about the partisan nature and the divide. But you know what? There's very few people that I believe are standing on principle. And in the end, all I see now is that because Democrats overwhelmingly blindly support impeachment, that's what you're going to get, Tulsi included. So yeah, I'm, 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 I, I, I'm incredibly frustrated by all of this. So you know what? Whatever, man. I don't know. Here's your Democrat debate wrap up review show from me. Joe Biden's nuts. We know he's nuts. He's not the front runner. They're lying. Bernie's doing a substantially better job than he is. Warren is frustrating and she is a duplicitous liar. I believe she is full of it. I believe Bernie is a bit more honest, but I also believe he's playing the pandering game. And that's why I don't like him anymore, because he realized instead of standing on principle and talking about these issues like a few months ago when he said, we can't let all these poor people in. There's too many. Now he's like, I think we should put a moratorium on deportations and let 50,000 migrants in. It's like, okay, dude, that's literally the opposite of what you were talking about four months ago. I'm sick of it. You're all liars. I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't care. You deserve Donald Trump. You deserve the bull charging through the doors of the ivory tower, telling you to shut up and making fun of you and laughing. And that's why a lot of Americans voted for him because he said, you know what? I don't care. Let the bull have his way. Let him tear through that tower, say what he wants, tell you what he's going to do. And at least, at least we can have some emotional vindication that all of you duplicitous career politicians who care nothing, who care for nothing about the American people and pretend you do, will get your comeuppance. Now, I do think to a degree, a lot of these, these politicians care to an extent. Most of them, however, they just want the keys to the castle. Yeah, give me what you want the keys. All right. Congratulations. Hey, I had nothing to do with Donald Trump getting elected. Okay. I wasn't doing commentary videos. I didn't vote for the guy. I'm not going to. But you know what? I certainly can understand and respect why they released the bull into your tower. Congratulations. The keys to the castle are yours. I hope you enjoy having the bull rampage through. And you know what? I'll leave it there. Stick around. Next segment's coming up in a few, uh, at 1 p.m., and I will see you all then. If these are the people who are going to be leading the United States in the future, it's over. It doesn't matter what you do. Try whatever you want. Vote for whatever. It's, it's, it doesn't matter, man. The young people are going to inherit this world. And this BuzzFeed story shows us that upon some minor incidents involving words, heavens, a naughty text message, everything just breaks down. And I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. They're shutting down classes. Students are scared to go to class because somebody was called a slur. <laughs> I am not exaggerating. BuzzFeed has a story about university students at Syracuse who are scared to go to school. Classes are being shut down because somebody was called a slur because somebody else saw something written in snow. I'm being serious. Think about it. Ten years from now. 
These kids are working corporate jobs. Somebody makes an off-color joke from Family Guy and, oh, shut down the business. I don't feel safe going to work. They then file a discrimination suit against the company saying that by not providing a safe working environment, they're discriminating. We're doomed, man. It's over. College has destroyed and rotted the minds of these children, but I also blame the parents. It's great. But I, I, will, I, I will stop myself. Look, I'm, I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but let me tell you something else. When these people are too scared to crawl out of their bed because the monsters are lurking around every corner, regular sane people will carry on just fine. These people will likely get fired, but there are issues with lawsuits and things like that for the most part. I think the only thing you really have to do in order to, to weed people out is ask them how they feel about certain offensive comedians. Like, what do you think about Dave Chappelle's stand-up? And if they say he's problematic, it's like, oh, okay, I don't think he'll fit into the culture. There's nothing discriminatory about that. Asking if someone appreciates mainstream pop culture and they say, no, get rid of them. I'll tell you what's going to happen. They're going to hear a naughty word and they're going to refuse to come to work and cite discrimination. Check this story out. Text messages show how Syracuse University students are too scared to go to classes after a series of racist incidents. When I saw the headline, I'm thinking like, A group of, you know, like skinheads are walking around punching people in the face. If you come to school, you'll regret it. Sending threats over text like, I know where you live. And I'm like, whoa, but I know better than that. So I decided to read the story. And then it turns out a series of unrelated incidents has resulted in people texting each other. Classes being canceled. (coughs) Excuse me. Should I worry about going to classes and continuing my education? Or stay at, no, stay at home and not worry about getting shot. What? <laughs> I'm from the south side of Chicago. And I actually, at some points, had to worry about getting shot. But it never stopped me from living. Two blocks away from my house, there was a hot dog stand. And it had bulletproof glass with bullet marks because somebody shot at it. And that's where we'd go to get a hot dog. And they were great hot dogs, by the way. Yeah, that's a reality in Chicago. These people are out of their minds. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to grow up where I, where, I, where I grew up, to experience you know, the realities of, of this world and not become such a fragile and frightened individual that a naughty word results in me crying in my room. And they are. They're crying. Oh, no, BuzzFeed. What are you doing? These people should not be. Uh, you sh- we should not be. Listen, I'm all for treating people with respect. Okay, but at a certain point, you got to tell someone, stop it. This is nowhere near as bad as things are going to get. How will you function? How will you go to a bus station when there's some like cracked out homeless guy who's flinging feces like in Hollywood? What are you going to do then? When Syracuse University students began hearing reports that a white supremacist manifesto had been airdropped to some people's cell phones at the school library on Monday night, R.T. Patel, a fourth year Ph.D. student, quickly began thinking about escape routes and evacuation plans. Why? Oh, man. That's so insane. I have literally been... Let me tell you something. I went to Egypt during the revolution back in, was it, 2013? And I went down and was surrounded by a bunch of very angry people who very much did not like Americans. And I walked through an extremely dense area as a, an arrogant American. But you know what? I understood the realities, the risks, and what I was doing, and I was fine, okay? You don't go around being an arrogant jerk. You mind your own business, you keep your mouth shut, and you do what's right, and you can even go into dangerous areas where they, they, they were straight up saying, like, no Americans, you know, like, they were, they were very angry. 
Been there, done that. I've been in places where I'm surrounded by far left. I'll, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about being concerned for your safety? I went to go cover a protest outside of Columbia, and I got surrounded by a bunch of screeching leftists who didn't even know who I was. And was I scared? No, but I did have concern, right? You want to talk about being scared? How about when Antifa bashes people over the head? You get a text message and you're like, ah. One of her professors in the Department of Religion texted her at 7.25 a.m. on Tuesday morning, Artie, are you sure you want to go to campus? We need to be safe. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad these people are hiding. I'm, I'm glad. Stay out of the way of regular people, okay? This country is overwhelmingly normal people. And if y'all are scared because someone pranked you and sent something offensive, good. What, what, what is it saying? You know, do something or get out of the way, right? Multiple people reached out to each other with the same message. Do not go to campus today. It was a palpable fear, Patel 30 told BuzzFeed News. You could feel it in the air. Could you imagine spending money to get an education and being surrounded by these psychopaths who are shutting down your education? You got to pay that money back. A series of racist incidents reported by the university since November 7th have heightened the fears of students and faculty members on campus. This week, teachers canceled several classes, citing concerns for their student safety. Parents are making their kids return home for the holidays earlier than usual. And many students are refusing to leave their apartments, missing classes and work shifts. I love the Constitution. I'll tell you what. None of these things that have happened have been threats of violence or in any way illegal. The incidents include reports of racial slurs against black and Asian people, racist graffiti. Now, the graffiti is illegal. A swastika found in a snowbank, not illegal. A black woman being called the N-word by a group of students and fraternity members and a professor of color receiving violent and racist email threat. Receiving a threat is certainly illegal. That I can understand. Not acceptable. And if people are worried about that, I agree. But I'll tell you what the thing is. When these people move out into the real world and they're getting jobs, you could go outside to where they are every day and say a naughty word and they'll be too scared to come to work and you did nothing illegal. It is your free speech to stand there and say certain things that are offensive. I'm not saying slurs. I'm saying things that would offend them and make them feel unsafe. Now, the point is whether or not they're, they feel unsafe because you're saying things like, let's say you started saying Trump over and over again. I have seen, I was in New York and there was a pro Bernie protest and a guy ran up and started yelling Trump and waving his arms in the air. And one of the protesters went to the police and demanded he be arrested. And the, it was a lady cop. And she goes, for what? And she was like, he won't stop yelling Trump at us. And the cop was like, so what? And the, and, the, and the protester woman, this far leftist, was like, you, he's not allowed to do that. You need to arrest him. And the lady cop goes, you know how you're standing there screaming really, really loud and he's doing the exact same thing? You're both allowed to do that. I'm not arresting anybody. And this woman freaked out. She was like, this is unacceptable. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call it. And, and the lady cop's like, go do whatever you want. They're spoiled brats and they're going to freak out and they will show up for their, you know, uh, digital left. Well, those jobs won't exist in 10 years, but you know what I mean? They'll be in New York looking for work and they'll be covered up, scared, shivering because people around them are saying things that are naughty. Because in the real world, like in Manhattan, you're going to hear some, some, some dude yell something that he's legally allowed to yell, but you'll feel unsafe. I got to tell you, man, I don't know what the gist of the, 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 the racist manifesto was. Assuming it didn't have any threats in it, Somebody drawing something in a snowbank, even if it's as offensive as a swastika, is not illegal. What are you going to do? It's, a, it's snow, you know? Here we go. Authorities, including the FBI and campus and local police, are investigating some of the incidents 
including the anti-Semitic email sent to a faculty member and reports of the anti-Muslim. Man- oh, so it wasn't a white supremacist manifesto. It was an anti-Muslim manifesto. You got you to clarify because they are different. They can overlap, okay? But I think it's important to make sure we know the differences. Andrew Cuomo said the State Police Hate Crimes Task Force and State Division of Human Rights are also assisting the investigations. Now, look, I'll stress, sending a threat to somebody doesn't matter if it's racist or not. You can't threaten people. So, of course, they're going to investigate that, and they should, and I hope they bring these people to justice. As for the offensive words, man, the university's Department of Public Safety said it has doubled patrols on campus, stationed patrol vehicles around campus, and increased walking patrols to residence halls and campus buildings. It has also advised students to call for a safety escort. Uh, (laughs) Call for a safety escort. This is amazing. This may be one of the most exaggerated and like sitcom-esque clownish circus nonsense I've ever seen. Look at this. Like, so they've got like some text messages. WTFFFFFFF. It's time for us to go home. I hate this effing school. I'm trying to keep it together and finish my S for my classes, but this is so disheartening. I can't even do my damn work. I can't be at the protest. This is aggravating. And then there's a blurred thing or whatever. I cried today twice. Oh, no, I'm crying right now. <laughs> These are two guys I'm scared. I just woke up to stuff and I cannot. <laughs> I've been up like all night. I knew you were asleep, so I didn't call you, but someone ripped the sign off my door last night. Let me tell you a story. Let me, let me tell you a story. See, I used, to, uh, I used to hear gunshots outside my window at night. <laughs> oh, man, I moved to Brooklyn when I was uh, uh, during the Vice era. And I'm sitting in my bed and I would hear gunshots across the street. And one time, this is actually, it's actually a really funny story, okay? I'm kidding. It's not funny. It's horrifying. I was in my room. It was a weekend. I was chilling. I just got back from you know, Brazil or something. And I'm like in my PJs eating a burrito, watching cartoons, when all of a sudden a helicopter is like 10 feet above my building. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I get a phone call. It's from someone at Fusion where I worked. And they said, are you anywhere near the assassination? Something to that effect. And I said, whoa, assassination. And I get up and look out my window and there it is. I was on the street where two police officers were assassinated by a black identity extremist. They walked to the squad car, one, two, and actually right here, you can't see it. I've got the police tape that was out in front of my house. And the next morning when they cleared out, there was the police tape blowing in the wind. And I picked up a piece. And I said, I'm going to keep this. You may, I, I keep a lot of the things from these big, big stories that I've, that I've witnessed. And that was in front of my apartment. That was in front of my apartment and at the end of the block. So it was right next to like the pizza place that I would go to. I looked out my window. The police told me I wasn't allowed outside. I went to my door. The lights had been turned off in the street. I opened the door and there were two cops and they, and they were walking past and said, you got to go back inside, man. There's been, you know, a murder or whatever. Two cops were assassinated by a black identity extremist outside my house. And you know what? I wasn't freaking out. I ran towards the scene. I, I said, okay, officers. I went back inside. They passed. And then I went outside because you can't legally tell me I can't leave my house. And then I just crossed the street, walked over. I had to sneak across the street. The lights were out. There were cops everywhere. And I went and uh, I started filming. And I started, you know, what happened? What did you see? These people are in their rooms crying because someone said mean words. I, I can't imagine what, what, the, what these people would do if they had to spend even a couple nights on the south side of Chicago. Go to K-Town. Just for real. Just, just spend some time there. See how you, see how you can endure they will, they, they, will, they will probably die of shock. I kid you not. If you're going to cry and you're going to be texting your friends, you're crying. 
because mean words had been said. Now, again, I'm excluding the threat. I understand the threat. But even still, like I get threats all the time. I had someone show up to my house. And am I crying? Am I hiding? No. Okay. I'm not hiring some ridiculous security company. I've been to these places. People have threatened me. They've posted pictures of my mom. And you know what? I go do my thing. And I'm, I'm, is anything wrong? No, I'm fine. Okay. These people are hiding and crying. And they're shocked. I'd like to see what would happen if they had to spend just one weekend where I grew up. Now, I'll admit the South Side area where I grew up, it's, it's gotten a lot better. It's been gentrifying. You know, crime is down across the board. But man, we've like the people in my neighborhood, you want to talk about what scares you and what worries you. How about drugs being laced with like fentanyl and, and, and heroin? People would, who would think that they were buying certain drugs. That's why you don't do drugs, man. This is why you got to be very, very careful. And it's one of the reasons I think we need regulation and controlled use so we can help people. But I'll tell you what, man, you grow up in these places and yeah, you're going to lose a lot of people. What about, what about what's, what's this? They're, they're like kindergartners. They're like preschoolers shivering. Man, I'll tell you what, why don't you go out to like, I don't know, rural Nebraska? Because I, I, lived, I lived in Miami. I lived 40, 40 miles outside the city, and I knew full well when you're out far away, what's the saying? When, when seconds matter, the police are minutes away. And I know it. And I've lived it. And these people are just terrified. As a white woman, McAnany said she did not experience the same fear as students of color, but also getting notifications about the manifesto. McAnany said she was terrified of leaving her off-campus apartment and going to classes, one of which was located in a building next to the Bird Library. Should I worry about going to classes and continue my education or stay at home and not worry about getting shot? Shot by who, dude? No one in your area is doing anything like this. Any news? No, I really don't know what to do. I, I really wish they would cancel classes. I'm really scared. Oh, this is amazing. What time is your first class? 11 a.m. I've been driving to class for the past week. Beverage, uh, beverage of everything going on. What? Well, get ready to go and then see what happens. Your choice. If you don't feel safe, don't go. Maybe they will cancel. But if they don't, email the prof and tell them that in light of the current events, you are scared. I have to return my camera to Newshouse at nine. Okay, do that. Drive there. I put money on your debit card. I'm so sorry this is happening to you. Wish I was with you. Don't go near the quad if you can avoid it, okay? Is it from like your mom, like Patel, McKennedy's thoughts also went to exits and evacuations in classrooms? First of all, okay, no matter where you are, for any reason, you need to know where your exits are at. That's why we put exit signs on doors and in hallways. And it's not because a bunch of white supremacists are marching around threatening you. It's because fire happens. These people don't think about their exits and evacuations ever. Only now that someone said a naughty word, are they thinking about how to get out of a building? These people have terrible parents. You should be ashamed. Are these millennials? No, these are Gen Z. These are kids in college. Okay, I'm not, I'm not confident in the future, man. Are you going to class today? Yes, but I had to think about it for a minute. I woke up at 5.30 to go down. I really want to go to see. I think, I should, I think I'm going to drive up there. I'm going to drive. I'm just walk around and there'll be nobody. And it sounds like if I just walk around, just be, I, maybe interview some people. I actually think I should go do it. I also had to get up, get up to my new, uh, to re- re- return my camera. I feel really anxious, but I wanted to see what everyone would say about it. Imagine, imagine going to like a party, okay? And uh, your friend tells you about the murder that happened last night, a block away. Imagine having to live in that kind of world, which is the real world that most people live in, that crime happens and it's been going down. It's been getting better, but especially like in Chicago, imagine that. Do you think you'll feel anxious over this? 
I know I certainly wouldn't. I've actually been in some very, very, very scary situations. I had Brazilian police take me to a secret, undisclosed location. It was like we were we were doing a story. We were we were at this police department in Brazil, and some plainclothes guys took us, took our phones away, and brought us to this back room with no windows. And you had to like duck under a ledge to get to the door. And I'm like, well, this is it. We are going to get the crap beaten out of us, and they're going to interrogate us and not believe that we're journalists. And they, and fortunately. After keeping us locked in this, I would say keeping us locked in the room, like we weren't allowed to leave, they eventually came back and apologized and returned everything to us. So a security assessment, fine, but come on. When plainclothes dudes at a police department bring you into the back room with no windows, away from all of the people, and it was just a room with like a couch and a computer in it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. So I'm immediately, like, as they're walking us, I take my phone and I start texting the office like, we are being taken. This is going to be crazy. And then they took our phones and shut them off. And uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm tech savvy. So I was able to, you know, I have more than one phone. I guess I didn't plan for it. I'm literally checking to make sure I know where every exit is right now. You should do that all of the time. Always. That is normal human behavior. We put exit signs on doors because when disasters or fires happen, we have prepared you to know how to escape. It's not about the end of the world. Honestly, it's not a bad idea. I've never felt less safe on campus. This is, this is, this is amazing. I, I, am, I am amazed by this. We need to send, I need to send somebody up here to go interview people. This is amazing. I'm not going to read any more of this. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. What's this? Not again, SU. Due to the circumstances that arose tonight, Not Again SU stands with Renegade Magazine and urging the administration to cancel all classes and campus events until further notice. These active threats targeting students. What? <laughs> oh, welcome to America. The college. You know what, man? Normally, I'd say that, like, I blame the parents and these kids need, you know, about, like, it, the parents are just as bad. They're terrified of their delicate snowflake getting hurt. So now they have a bunch of fragile little whiny babies over some naughty words. Now, look, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'll be fair. There was an, a threat email they're claiming. Okay. And if that's true, I can respect people being concerned about that. But I'll tell you what, what do you think I do when I get an email saying, you know, they're going to do something really, really bad to me and my family? Do you think that I like go crawl into the corner of the room and shut the lights off and shiver? No, I hit the trash button. And I carry on. Do I call the police every time that happens? I, I, I don't. I hit the trash button and I carry on. Not a university, though. These people are texting each other that they're crying. Kids, you got to grow up, man, because I welcome you to the real world. And I, I, I'd like to ask you, what do you think is going to happen when you're walking down the street and someone says a naughty word, screaming it as loud as they can? Are you going to demand the police to think about it? And the cops are going to say he's allowed to do it. It's a First, first Amendment. You have free speech. Not at these universities, apparently. Granted, there's a big difference between incitement and threats and someone drawing in the snow, but apparently that's enough to make everybody lose their minds. I'll leave it there. I'll see you all at 4 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel. Check it out. Thanks for hanging out. When is the best time for you to announce how much money you have on hand? If you're going to do a big press announcement as a political party, you'd think, I don't know, like a Tuesday afternoon so everybody can see just how well you're doing. Tuesday's the best day, right? Because Monday, everyone's kind of sluggish and like, oh, we're back from the weekend. Tuesday, everyone's officially back in the week and you got the rest of the week to talk about stuff. Now, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, those are really, really awful times because everybody's out partying, right? Well, the DNC has decided the best time to do it was in the middle of the Democratic debate because the numbers are really bad. Wow. 
The Democratic National Committee has $8.7 million on hand and $7 million in debt, according to its October Federal Election Commission campaign finance report. So no wonder they wanted to release this when everyone was distracted. They basically have, in terms of assets, $1.7 million. That is not a lot of money when you realize how much they're going to need in order to beat Trump. But factor in Donald Trump's record-breaking haul. RNC raised $25.3 million in October, three times as much as the Democrats who raised nine. Furthermore, the RNC has raised $194 million in 2019 so far, with the DNC raising less than half of that at 75.5. Sean Spicer, Trump's former White House press secretary, also weighed in on the DNC's latest numbers. Well, let's do this. Impeachment backlash fuels record GOP fundraising. Massive $61 million haul in the bank. Here's the thing. Now, you might be saying, I think it's fair to point out, that when you compare Donald Trump's fundraising to the individual Democrats, there's a massive disparity. Like Trump's raised, you know, 150 some odd million bucks. And then they look at Bernie Sanders, it's like 30, and they're like, whoa, well, hold on. The Democrats are split, so that money is being spread out. And if you were to smash all those numbers together, you'd get a much higher number, but surprisingly, still less than Donald Trump. So here's the thing, if we want to gauge how well they're doing. First, I would say polls be damned. Okay, get me swearing. YouTube doesn't like that word. But uh, uh, forget the polls. I look to to the money, people who are going to put their money where their mouth is. And it's fair to say that the GOP definitely has that, despite the fact, get this, that the other day I I, I commented on a story from Politico about a massive, possibly a record-breaking dark money scheme from the Democrats. So mind you, while we are seeing Donald Trump do really, really well among small and medium donors with some large donors, the Democrats are doing miserably. But surprise, surprise, along comes a spider. A dark money network providing nearly, what, like $160 million, I think it was, and about $50 million came from a single entity. So that's how the Democrats make up for it. They claim to be opposed to this billionaire money in politics. Oh, sure, up until the point where it benefits them. The, the examiner reports... The RNC fundraising juggernaut fueled by a GOP backlash to the House impeachment effort to force President Trump from office scored another record in October and pushed the bank account past $61 million. And guess what? No debt. The debt-free RNC told Secrets exclusively, I believe that's open secrets, right? That it brought in $25.3 million in October and has $61.4 million cash on hand. That is, that is massive. For perspective, That is nearly triple what it raised in October 2017, the last non-election October. And the money on hand is the most since 2012. RNC Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel has been setting fundraising records month after month. And when the Trump 2020 campaign effort is concluded, the GOP team has raised nearly four, when it has been included, the GOP team has raised nearly $400 million dollars. In September, it raised over 27 million, another record. This is insanity. These are massive record numbers not seen ever. Now, I don't know about adjusting for inflation, but Trump is setting record after record. I tell you what, man, I think the Democrats need to be lulled into like a safe space. That's what they're doing. The media is, is, is wooing them and jingling the car keys saying, everything's okay. Stop crying. Stop crying. That's what they're doing. But we know everything's not okay. It's like, Story after story, just the, just the impeachment is failing. Support for the president is going back up. Record fundraising off of the impeachment. 
And the media is just dangling those keys, shaking them while the, while the Democrats are going, hey, hey, hey. just don't pay attention. Don't pay attention. Don't, don't mind the man in the corner. By comparison, the Democratic National Committee was $7 million in debt last month. Officials, however, note the DNC is competing with over a dozen presidential candidates for donations. Also at this point in President Barack Obama's first re-election in 2011, Obama and the DNC had raised under $150 million. So Trump is still, wait, 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 hold on. Trump's four, nearly three or four times as much as Obama did. But yes, that's the point I was trying to make, right? The DNC, a lot of that money is going to these independent, these other party members. But I got to, I got to stop. We're not talking about Trump's hall. When it comes to just what the GOP raised, it is substantially larger. What is that? Six, seven times as much money as the DNC. Trump himself has raised hundreds of millions of dollars. So don't compare that. I do not believe it's correct to say the DNC is competing with a dozen presidential candidates. That is not the case. Trump is, is making most of the money. The party credited support for Trump and anger by many Republicans at impeachment. Its anti-impeachment effort called Stop the Madness has brought in 75,000 volunteers. Wow. Talk about a backfire. Has Schiff accomplished anything? No. Are we any closer to knowing anything about what happened in impeachment? No. The bombshells are fizzling. There's nothing here. And Trump is weaponizing it to make more money. You know, you, you get what you deserve, Democrats. Congratulations. This is your leadership. While Democrats are focused on their sham impeachment charade, Republicans had another record-breaking fundraising month in October, the best off-cycle October in our party's history. When you look beyond the beltway, it's clear that the American people are sick and tired of the Democrats' baseless investigations. In 2020, voters will choose results over the Democrats' polarizing political rhetoric. And the RNC is in the strongest position possible to re-elect President Trump and Republicans up and down the ballot. Look at this. Ronald McDaniel tweeted, while House Democrats tried to distract you with their charade, the Dow hit 28,000 for the first time ever. Real Donald Trump increased healthcare transparency. Ivanka Trump is fighting for paid family leave. The Trump admin never stops fighting for you. I got to say, listen, I, I, will, I will absolutely concede to the point. I mean, it's, it's not much for me to say it because I don't have Trump derangement syndrome, but I do believe the Trumps and their administration are absolutely fighting for America. I do think Trump's motivations are much I would say the subst- a substantial amount of what Trump is aiming for is to be the best. I think he wants to leave this as the greatest president, and he wants to have his name in shiny gold letters. That's just my opinion. But in the end, I often question what's more important, the results or the motivation. If Trump wants everyone to fawn over how great of a job he's doing, that's on him. If the end result of that is that he's actually done right by the American public, eh, well, I mean, what are you going to say? I mean, we, I, we can criticize motivations for sure. But look, the economy is doing great. The Dow's up and the American people seem to be behind Trump outside of those with TDS and who only watch CNN, for instance. I think there's criticism to go around for the executive branch as a whole. And I, and I think it's fair to point out that I, I've definitely given credit to Trump on, on certain areas like uh, um, meeting with you know, Kim Jong-un and, and trying to end a lot of these conflicts. It's clear that Trump really wants to solve a lot of the problems. Is, is he this altruistic man who's, you know, shine, a shining beacon of hope to help all of the children? I do not think so. I think Trump's saying, I'm the best. I can solve this problem. If you can't do it, get out of the way. I'll do it. But that's, that, I, I, you know, I'm not going to complain, I guess. It's like, okay, get the problem done. I don't care how you do it. Just go do it. Well, actually, I take that back. I do care how you do it, right? So again, I, I think it's fair to, uh, the point I'm, I'm bringing this up because I agree with Ronna McDaniel. 
I'm not saying Trump is doing the right things. That's the different point. But I'll tell you what, the people who oppose and really hate the president and want him, want him impeached, they really believe he's evil and he's doing nothing to help anybody. No, I think Trump's actually trying really, really hard to improve things. It just doesn't mean he's always right. And I, I got to say, there was a Twitter thread earlier. Trump supporters, the high profile ones, like not all of them, I, I'll, I'll give you there, zealous, zealous Trump supporters who are very culty. But the people who are thought leaders on the Trump side are very much s- smart about how they deal with Trump and his faults. Because I got no problem criticizing the dude for his attitude, for some of his foreign policy. And there's the thing. The one big difference between some of the higher profile Trump supporters is they will agree with me because they know it wins ground with moderates, but they will disagree on whether or not the policy is working. The Democrats don't seem to understand this, and that's why they lose people like me. And that's why I think Trump is raising so much money. I'll tell you what, I'm looking at two people, one person screeching, orange man is bad, the worst, he must be impeached. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, you got to tell me what's going on. The other guy's got a beer and he's like, listen, I, I hear what you're saying about Trump and your criticisms, but he's not that bad. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds reasonable. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll hear you out. So it comes down to this. You got two factions trying to ask for your money. And the Democrats have frizzled hair with dark rings in their eyes and a giant sign saying, you know, the, the end is nigh. And people are like, dude, calm down. On the other side, it's some dude in a red hat drinking a beer and is like, <laughs> they're crazy, right? And I'm like, they are crazy. They like, yeah, come over here, have a beer with me. And I'm like, all right. And he's like, so let me tell you about the things I like about Trump. And I'm like, hmm, nah, I don't really agree. And they say, I can understand why you find fault with Trump for those reasons. I can agree with that. And, th- and that's where we're left off. And guess what? It is the smart play. And it's clearly working. As the Democrats screech and howl into the wind, I'll tell you what. I'll, t- I'll end with this, this final thought. Trump is, is breaking records. I, I, every month we're going to have, every month I'm going to do a video where I'm like, oh, once again, Trump has shattered our fundraising record. The Democrats are trying to spit on Donald Trump, but unfortunately the wind is blowing in their direction. Congratulations. You just spit into the wind. Stick around. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. Surprise, surprise. The next story, another victory for Trump on taxes. I will see you in a few minutes. Because the Democrats don't want to try and convince the American people, they want to just beat Trump by digging up dirt and doing a bunch of sneaky underhanded plays. They've been trying to get his tax returns. And unfortunately, they have made some, some wins here. Now, listen, I, I'm shocked by the idea that a private citizen would have to publicize private information about their lives in order to be president. Most presidents do release their tax returns to, sh- to be transparent, and I can respect that. And I certainly think Trump should. But there's a big difference between me saying, Trump, you should do this, the right thing to do, his supporters saying we don't care, and people trying to force him to do it. That to me is kind of shocking. Hey, man, my private business is my private business. But here we can see another, dare I say it, failed attempt by Democrats to force Trump to release his tax returns. And I'll tell you what, I would not be surprised if when they finally get released, it's a nothing burger. Because Trump has been, I'm not going to act like, you know, a lot of people want to say Trump is playing 4D chess. No, 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 no. But I'll tell you what, Trump's, he's, he's been good at misdirecting, okay, a little bit. And so here's what I think is going to happen. He makes this huge battle about taxes. No, no, they mustn't get my return so that when they finally do, nothing burger. Check it out. California justices reject law requiring Trump to disclose tax returns to appear on state's primary ballot. You lose. Trump wins once again. Are you guys tired of winning? I know, I know the left loves mocking that because Trump was like, you're going to be so tired of winning. Yeah, but listen, man, you can claim Trump is losing because you keep attacking him. But let's be honest. The economy is doing great. 
He defeated the Russiagate conspiracy nonsense, and he's currently winning the impeachment process. Look, for all of his faults, you can criticize the guy, but to act like he's not winning and, and at least holding his own, he just won. And this is not the first time. Check it out. This is the other story from just the other day. Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court, halts court order requiring accountants to turn over Trump's tax returns to Congress. He wins again. So it's a back and forth. Let's read the story from CA. The Associated Press reports the California Supreme Court has rejected a state law that would have required Donald Trump to disclose his tax returns to appear on the state's primary ballot. Justices said Thursday, but the law requiring candidates for president and governor to disclose financial information was unconstitutional. And I agree, it's a violation of someone's privacy. What's their reason? A federal judge had temporarily blocked the state law in response to a different lawsuit. And the high court ruled quickly because the deadline for submitting tax returns again, the primary ballot is next week. The state Republican Party and chairwoman Jessica Millen Patterson challenged the bill signed into law by Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom because it was aimed at Trump. That is insane. The state defended the law saying tax returns are a simple way for voters to weigh candidates' financial status. Why is it anyone's business what I do with my private life? Listen, I get it. If you want, if, if, if you want to run for public office where you will be working for the people, transparency is very important, but there's a line, isn't there? This was attempt, an attempt to hurt Trump in 2020. I am sick and tired of their psychosis. Yeah, I can't tell you, man, every single day, it's another psychotic, deranged Democrat plot to hurt Trump because they're losers. You know what, man? It is, it is, is infuriating to me. I, I, am, I laughed when Trump won. And I said this a couple times today and a couple times. I, I laughed because they get what they deserve when they pull off garbage like this. They cheated Bernie. There's a lot of reasons I'm critical of Bernie today, but in 2016, they cheated. They colluded with media. They passed off questions. We know all about what they were trying to do to make sure Bernie didn't get the primary, and he should have. And so they got what they deserved, and they just keep pulling sneaky, underhanded, undemocratic BS because the only thing they can do to win dark money schemes, smear campaigns, impeachment, Russia, non-stop. I'll tell you what, man, Cory Booker the other day, the Democratic debates, he said, we can't just keep talking about taxing the wealthy. We got to talk about making wealth. And I was just ready to stand up and give a standing ovation because finally, finally, I heard something that made sense. But you know what? Some of the Democrats have pointed, I think it was Bernie. Maybe it was Booker, actually. The Democrats, all they do is tell you what they're against. Lazy billionaires, bad. You know, people need health care. It's bad that they don't have it. When they tell you what they're for, it's a pie-in-the-sky nonsense stream. Saying you want to tax billionaires does literally nothing. I'll tell you this. The reason I bring this up is if a Democrat went on stage and said, here's what I want to do, and it made sense, I'd be like, thank you. So I like the idea that uh, I, I like what Tulsi Gabbard's uh, preaching about ending these wars, but I got to admit, you're talking a whole lot about something you're against instead of what you're for. So it was refreshing to hear. It was almost like the Democrats I used to hear, hope. Cory Booker says, let's create wealth. I'm like, wow, a positive in a sea of negatives. That's what they need to be doing. I'll tell you what, Democrats, you want to win my vote back? Instead of complaining all the time about all of the people who have wronged you and oppress you and who are stealing from you, I'm tired of it. Tell me what you're going to do to make people's lives better. This is what they do. They blame the pharmaceutical companies. They blame the government. They blame the Republicans. They blame Trump. It's Trump's fault. Oh, we need taxes because we can't win. 
Could you imagine if a Democrat came out and said, you know, a long time ago, people in this country were very much in favor of border security on the southern border, and that includes a lot of Democrats. I think it's a fair point that a lot of Americans still support, and I can understand why they would vote for Trump over that. I think Trump's a little overzealous on his pitch for this big, beautiful wall from sea to shining sea, and that's why he probably didn't get it. So I agree we could, we could do more to implement border fencing and security, and we'll take it to the extent that we can. When it comes to implementing health care, let's talk about what we're for. We're for making sure everyone has health care. But let's talk about what we can do. What we can do is work with people to teach them to fish. If we can increase wealth in this country, which we've done, we've done historically, we can make this country better. And we can do it without having someone as bombastic as Donald Trump. I'm sorry. The Democrats don't say that. They don't. This is what they do. Sneaky, underhanded attempts to discredit him, to hurt him, to smear him. And you're going to lose because of it. You know why? When you present me, the independent voter, the moderate, who actually I lean left, I'm not a Republican voter, and all you do is complain about how bad Trump is, you're not giving me a reason to buy your product. Could you imagine? Here we go. It's ice cream time. Could you imagine if you went to an ice cream shop and there was no display for ice cream? None. (laughs) Just just a countertop. And I walked up and said, "Uh, what are you selling? I hear you got ice cream. And they said, did you know that the ice cream shop across the street is awful? I'd be like, I I get it, dude. I am in your store. I am asking you to please give me ice cream. And all they do is say, I'm going to share with you these documents that show how awful their ice cream is. It's like, dude, (laughs) I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard to be like, find me that Democrat. And they don't want to do it. They don't want to get, they don't. don't. What they want to do is play games. When I see this, man, imagine if, if if the salesman was like, I'll do you one better. Instead of telling you why my ice cream tastes great, I'm going to dig up dirt. I am going to force the government to expose the other side for buying inferior ingredients. I'm like, dude, I'm not there. I'm not over there. It's like you're you're outside in the middle of the street. You got two stores and one says beautiful, delicious orange ice cream. And I'm like, I'm not a big fan of orange ice cream. Across the street, they say orange ice cream is bad. I'm like, (laughs) well, you're not selling me anything, dude. And they run out and try and, and play these games. Well, you know what? Trump wins. Trump wins because of exactly this. Supreme Court halts court order requiring counts to turn over Trump's tax returns to Congress. It's election meddling. It is election meddling, okay? I'm a good sport. When I play a video game with somebody and I lose, I have a good laugh. I'm like, hey, man. It's like, you, you watch MMA, right? You know I'm always really inspired by, and it's not always, but typically. You watch an MMA match, and then, like, one dude will pound the other dude in the face. He'll fall to the ground. And they call it, and then the guy will run up and make sure the dude's okay because it's sportsmanlike. Because they know they're really not angry with each other. They're trying to be the best. And that's some of the coolest stuff ever, that these two guys bloody each other up in, a, in brutal combat. MMA in the octagon, fighting each other, breaking teeth, punching faces, breaking bones. And at the end of it, they want to make sure they don't permanently injure the other person because it's about competition. To be the best, not to cause harm. I mean, cause harm in the sense that you're like permanently hurting somebody. This, this is when like somebody goes down and the other guy spits on him. It's like, dude, you are not playing by, you fair. When I lose and the Republicans win, I say, yeah, here, here, you know, here, here, you know, um, maybe next time we'll, we'll play another game and, uh, and, and, and I'll see you to it that I do a better job. The Democrats are doing, they're, they're sweeping the leg. Okay. Sweeping the leg. It's against the rules. You're not supposed to do it. 
They want to complain all day and night about Donald Trump, election meddling, Ukraine, Russia, and all that, and they are doing it. I'm happy to see the courts are rejecting this insanity. Think about what California tried pulling off. Directly hurting Trump. California that is sick and twisted. What a horrifying dystopian mess. The Democrats are actively meddling in elections with this tax stuff. They want this stuff to come out before 2020 so they can have fuel to hurt the president because they can't beat his ideas. Well, that's your fault. You have bad ideas. The people do not want to get behind you. We are a country that is supposed to have a representative voted in by the people. And all the Democrats can think to do is cheat because they don't want, they they can't actually convince a person. I'll tell you what, man. You ever hear the saying, selling ice to an Eskimo? I used to do fundraising. I am very, very good at at pitching ideas and selling nonprofits. Hey, you you need to fundraise. Like, I'm going to tell you exactly what you got to do to get that person to donate. Guess what? Sometimes people don't want to donate. Sometimes your cause is trash. But if you can sell it effectively, you'd be surprised how many people would be willing to, to buy into your idea. Instead of the Democrats seeking orators, beautiful speakers with good ideas that the American people want to get behind, they say, burn it all down. Burn everything down. Impeachment, fighting, nonsense. Make sure as many people as possible are sick and tired of everything happening in this country. And then just cheat. Smear the president through underhanded and sneaky tactics. Sorry. I'm just tired of it, man. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few minutes, and it has to do with where we come from here. A new poll shows that people don't believe there are facts behind anything these people are saying. It's all lies, smears, and cheats. I'll see you in a few minutes. Well, you can thank the sneaky, underhanded insanity. Mostly, I blame the media. There are a lot of media companies that, you know what, Let let me put it this way. Activists know journalism is a shield. And there are right-wing individuals who have become journalists to protect themselves, and the left does the exact same thing. Admittedly, though, it's clear to me that the right typically reacts. So when it came to, say, James Gunn being removed from Guardians of the Galaxy 3, though he was rehired, digging up dirty tweets was a response the right had because the left had started it first. We then see people like, uh, um, I can't say the name because you t- I swear to God, if I say this person's name, he's a, he's a UK individual who's been locked up rather unjustly for quite a bit. He is a right-wing figure who's been called far right in all the media. His initials are T and R. I kid you not, if I say his name, YouTube will, will take action. But he has also now picked up the mantle of journalist. And I don't think he's doing it because he's trying to be, you know, he's trying to, uh, it's, it's nefarious. I think he realized what the left was doing. These activists start news companies, pretend to be journalists, and so the right counters. Well, now, here we are. Facts are missing from American democracy. A new AP NORC USA facts poll. There are no facts. They say, at a time when many Americans say they're struggling to distinguish between fact and fiction, the country is broadly skeptical that facts underlie some of the basic mechanisms of democracy in the United States. From political campaigns to voting choices to the policy decisions made by elected officials, a meager 9% of Americans believe that campaign messages are usually based on facts. According to a poll from the Associated Press and ORC Center, uh, it's the Center for Public Opinion Research, only 14% of people think policy decisions are often or always fact-based or that Americans' voting decisions are rooted in facts. The American people are not stupid. Unfortunately, some of them are overly trusting or blind or tribalistic. 
I believe, uh, and so maybe I guess I guess you can to an, to an extent call that kind of stupid. But here's the problem: you have people like CNN who are trying their hardest to make sure no one ever watches Fox News. For the longest time, I believed that they were just ignorant. Now, I will say for the most part, that is still true. I think they're overtly biased for money. I think the principal reason CNN will lie to you and tell you not to watch any other channel. Well, they say, don't watch the spin. Don't watch Fox News. No, 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 no. Anybody who tells you not to collect information is lying. I'll tell you this right now. Definitely go watch CNN. See for yourself. I think I'm right. My ideas stand on their own. So by all means, go watch Brian Stelter. Come back and argue with me if you're convinced by him. But Stelter is telling you not. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to Fox or the right. They're in a parallel universe. That's the deceit. And you know what it serves to do? To box in people on the left so they can't hear an alternative. And I'm not saying alternative reality. I'm saying, man, there are many different news outlets. And there are a lot of activists who have taken over media to lie to you. The American people know it. The problem is they're pointing the finger at each other. So I'll tell you what the real thing here is, which is kind of sad and scary. When they say, how often do you think each of the following are based on factual information? Reporting from the media always gets 21%. That means just around two in 10 people think the media is telling the truth. 47% say sometimes and 31% say rarely never. I'll tell you what, that 31% is overwhelmingly Republican. Decisions by policymakers. 14% believe facts. Most people realize that everything is based on emotion and they're likely being manipulated. And it's a sad state of reality, I guess, that, you know, you know what's really happening, I think, as the internet opens the door for subcultures to exist, for individuals to find their own tribe, this is, this is what it's like to have a multi-party democracy. So, so now we essentially have the fracturing of the Democrats because people join social media bubbles and you have Trumpism. It's not a Republican party anymore. It is the Trump party. It is the strong individual who's telling you he'll take care of the problem for you. So what's, what, here's what I see happening. You have a lot of people who are saying, listen, I'm busy and I work. Can you, can you handle this while I'm you know, at work? And they hire Trump to do it. The left says, I demand, I demand, I demand. In the end, though, Everybody, well, you, you get the point on that. Everybody can just see through the fact that we are being fed emotional garbage. The problem is, do you recognize that it's happening to you the same as it's happening to them? They say, uh, oh, they talk about Will, Will Barger, a 32-year-old police officer in rural Missouri, has become increasingly skeptical of the media and voters alike in the past few years. A Republican and former regular viewer of Fox News who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 He's become disillusioned with the president and the conservative cable channel and now trusts only local media. I agree with that. Local media does a pretty good job. Unfortunately, local media is, is, is collapsing. He's even less trusting in government and policy decisions, keeping his faith mainly in law enforcement agencies, and he's skeptical most voters are fact-driven. It's more of a gut decision based on personal belief in a candidate. That is, that is absolutely true. It's true of me and everybody else. What matters to most, he said, if there's an R in front of the name or a D in front of the name, and there we are. It's all that matters. Impeachment is a waste of time. We all know it. You can put an R and a D, and you're going to find out who's going to vote which way. Overall, 53% of the public thinks voters sometimes cast ballots based on facts, while 32% say they rarely or never do. Ham Oliver said voters in, uh, voters in her home state of Idaho did so when they voted to approve a, va- a ballot measure last year that forced the state to accept the Medicaid expansion under the Affordable Care Act which had previously been rejected by the state's Republican-controlled legislature. 
But I have friends who've gone to vote and said, just because it's a fact, that isn't all there is. Yep. (laughs) Well, you see, Ben Shapiro would tell you facts don't care about your feelings. And on the left, they've literally said feelings don't care about your facts. But I'll tell you this, feelings don't care about facts. People go into the voting booth and they check D or R and they don't care about anything else. Joe McKee, a 65-year-old insurance broker who lives in southern New Jersey, uh, southern Jersey Shore, and leans Democratic, said she thinks most decisions involving policy and elections rely only slightly more at best on fact than opinion. She says even the public policies of people she supports, including former President Obama, were partly based on ideology over facts. They may take the facts and spin them to do whatever they want. I think it's pretty much always been like this. McKee's view is widespread, with 55% of Americans saying policy decisions are sometimes based on fact, while three in 10 think they rarely are. Republicans are more skeptical than Democrats that public policy is even sometimes fact-driven, with 33% saying it rarely or never is compared to 23% of Democrats. I got to tell you what, man, this is your problem. It's a problem with the country, I guess. I look at Elizabeth Warren, and she offers these pie-in-the-sky solutions that are impossible. And you know what? Nobody cares. They don't care whether it's true or not, or the facts support her, her, her policy. All they care is the orange man is bad. And that's the strategy when it comes to impeachment. We are going to see more of this. It is going to get worse because it works. The Democrats will keep doing sneaky, underhanded tactics, smearing the president to drive negative partisanship because they know this. They know the facts don't matter. They know that feelings don't care about facts. They know that voters don't care about facts. They care about feelings and they want to be on the winning side. People are more likely to vote for someone if they think the person is going to win. If, quote, if government decision makers aren't looking at government data, then our whole process is flawed, said former Microsoft chief executive and USA Facts founder Steve Ballmer. You have to look at the data that you have. You know why I want to talk about this? Do you think that we are going to improve this nation if all anyone cares about is feelings? The answer is no. Take a look at Donald Trump. My feelings toward him, I don't know, ambivalent to negative, like, eh, you know, he's not that bad, not a big fan. That's about it. But as it was pointed out uh, by many Trump supporters, and I think this is why Trump gets their support, your feelings don't matter. Is Trump's plan sound? Will what he does, is, is what he's going to do going to make things better? They look at the facts and they say they think so. I disagree in a lot of ways. But I can absolutely recognize, I, I, you know, I may be wrong on some things. We have, we, have a, we have a ballooning national debt that's really bad. The economy is improving, depending on who you want to ask, I guess. But yeah, the economy is pretty good. Dow Jones, 28,000. We got record unemployment lows. It's great. The left, however, operates on feelings. So it's really easy to sway them by just saying something nonsensical because the facts don't matter. And therein lies the big disadvantage Republicans have. Trump offends people. He does, whether you like it or not. But a lot of people have said to me, why does it matter if he's offensive if what he's going to do is going to be effective? And I say, I totally understand that, actually. On the left, they say, it doesn't matter if Trump is going to fix the country. He's bad. Think about it. It's like there was some like CNN story where they said Trump voters overlook his racism to support, you know, his policy. And it's like they don't seem to realize or they, or they do, I guess. I think the Democratic leadership totally gets this. They understand there is a section of people in this country that will never be swayed by facts. So that's what they that's why they do impeachment. They want to they want to make you believe they are fighting the fight. They want you to feel good and say, just trust me. In the end, they're probably making things worse. The they're they're doing the the tax return stuff, 
the trying to impeach Trump on nonsense, the smearing him. They are undermining our foreign policy. They're making Ukraine look bad. And they're doing it because the facts don't matter. And then CNN runs defense because these are sniveling evil people, if you ask me, saying Republicans don't care about facts. Is that a joke? The slogan that's gone viral on the right is facts don't care about your feelings. It's the left that doesn't. It's the left that wants to base everything off how they feel about it. Not everyone, not absolutely, but I'll tell you what, Trump supporters will straight up say they know he's got a bad attitude, but guess what? His plan made sense. And Hillary Clinton tried playing the woman card. Seriously. And hey, you know what? I, I don't know. I guess we're doomed. I'll leave it there. See you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel.